Hello everyone, my name is Panagiotis Tsangaris. I was a doctoral researcher at the Max Planck Institute for Innovation and Competition in Munich. I wrote my PhD thesis on competition and energy law. The thesis has been published three months ago in September 2017 in the series Munich Studies on Innovation and Competition. The title of the book is Capacity Withdrawals in the Electricity Wholesale Market Between Competition Law and Regulation. In this podcast, I will give a summary of the book. The book examines the issue of capacity withdrawals in the electricity wholesale market. Electricity generators can influence electricity wholesale prices in two main ways, either by withdrawing capacity to raise prices, what is called physical withdrawal, or by beating excessive prices on the power exchange, what is called economic withdrawal. As we all know, electricity cannot be easily or efficiently stored. Thus, it must be generated in real time based on market demand. Electricity consumption and production must be balanced at all times. As electricity is an indispensable commodity, the price elasticity of electricity demand is very low and even comes close to zero in the short run. In other words, price fluctuations don't give rise to large changes in electricity consumption. However, demand for electricity is volatile over time. It fluctuates significantly in daily, weekly and seasonal patterns. Since electricity cannot be stored at a reasonable cost, its supply must be flexible enough to respond to the constant changes in demand. For this reason, Some power plants operate on a constant basis, covering the base load demand, whereas additional power plants are brought into production only in peak hours. The variety of electricity generation technologies creates substantial discrepancies in production costs. Electricity is a secondary energy source produced from primary energy sources which are available in nature such as coal, natural gas, oil, solar, nuclear, wind, and hydroenergy. Due to the discrepancies in production costs, it is efficient to use the low-cost power plants on a constant basis, covering the base load demand as much as possible, and bring high-cost power plants into production only during the peak hours and subsequently deactivate, deactivate them as soon as demand falls. The price formation process in the electricity short-term markets in combination with the essential features of electricity, in particular the price inelastic demand and the fact that electricity cannot be easily or efficiently stored, makes it possible for undertakings to engage in physical or economic withdrawal of capacity. Short-term or spot markets are mainly day-ahead markets on which electricity is traded one day before physical delivery takes place. In the price formation process in spot markets, generation technologies are used sequentially with respect to their production costs. The economic theory suggests that on a perfectly competitive short-term electricity market with no generation capacity constraints, prices would be set up by the short-run marginal cost of the plant which produces the last unit of electricity required to meet demand at that time of day. The last or marginal power plant is the one with the highest short-run marginal cost of all power plants operating at a given point in time. Ranking plants in ascending order with respect to their short-run marginal cost of production so that the ones with the lowest, lowest marginal cost 
are the first ones to operate to meet demand and the plants with the highest marginal cost are the last ones to go on stream, gives the electricity aggregated supply curve the form of a so-called merit order curve. The point at which the supply curve crosses the demand curve determines the market price for electricity which is equal to the short-run marginal cost of the plant generating the last unit of electricity required to meet demand. This theory also constitutes standard practice in the sector. In the event of an increase in demand, which means that the demand curve shifts to the right, the next most efficient power plant is brought online to generate electricity and the price rises to the level of its short-run marginal cost. The market price which equals the short-run marginal cost of the last plant called to generate electricity determines the revenues of the marginal generator and at the same time the revenues of all electricity producers having plants on the left-hand side of the merit order curve. Electricity generators, depending on their market share in the market and the composition of their power plant's portfolio, may withdraw capacity from the market either by fully withdrawing a plant or, more discreetly, by running it below its full nameplate capacity. As a result, the power plant which stands next to the marginal one in the merit order necessarily comes into play to fill up the shortage in supply caused by the capacity withdrawal. In this way, it becomes pivotal as the new marginal plant and the market price rises to the level of its short-run marginal cost. This is what is called physical withdrawal. In contrast to physical withdrawal, in which the firm influences the prices indirectly by not making some capacity available to the market, there is also the possibility to engage in economic withdrawal. Even though in economic withdrawal the capacity is made available to the market and not withdrawn, it is offered at a supra-competitive price. Both capacity withdrawal practices are severely detrimental to consumers. They both lead to increased prices for wholesale electricity and subsequently for consumers. They don't only affect the market price on the spot market, but also the forward prices for which the spot, the spot price serves as the reference price. After a comprehensive explanation of capacity withdrawal practices in the book, I explain the issues that arise when proceeding under competition law. Both physical and economic capacity withdrawal practices are primarily conceived and explained as unilateral, unilateral profit maximization strategies. However, proceeding against capacity withdrawal practices under competition law and the Article 102 of the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union, which prohibits any abuse of a dominant position, might be problematic. The wholesale markets for electricity are mostly considered to be national in scope. This has been accepted so far in the decision-making practice of the Commission. Extension of geographical markets beyond the national borders through market coupling mechanisms and the implementation of the price coupling of regions makes it more difficult to investigate electricity wholesale markets since data concerning the wholesale market of neighboring countries need to be included in the investigation. Moreover, the electricity wholesale market is such that undertakings may enjoy market power not on a permanent basis but rather periodically during specific hours of the day, in specific times of the year, or even exceptionally for a very limited time during certain circumstances, for instance in the case of transmission constraints. 
traditional concentration indicates, like market shares, on the basis of which market, pa market power is measured, are widely considered to be inadequate for measuring market power in electricity generation markets. The specific characteristics of the electricity industry are such that the generic weaknesses of concentration measures as indicators of market power are magnified in the electricity markets. The fact that demand for electricity is relatively inelastic in the short run, in combination with the lack of extensive practical storage of electricity and the existence of transmission and capacity constraints, as well as the diversity in the marginal costs of different generation technologies, render concentration measures an inappropriate screen for market power in the electricity wholesale markets. Traditional market concentration measures must be accompanied by further electricity-specific indicators. Among those, the residual supply index has become a standard method for monitoring of electricity markets. The residual supply index measures the indispensability of a specific generator relative to the load in every particular hour. The index is based on the concept of pivotality. A generator is pivotal when its capacity is entirely or partly indispensable to meeting a given level of demand on the system. Although the residual supply index is elegant and powerful, it is subject to limitations. By merely focusing on the structure of the market and in particular on spare capacities, it doesn't take account of real competition in the market. Thus, it doesn't examine whether a generator would be able to profitably engage in a capacity withholding strategy. Economists from the German Monopolist Commission have proposed an alternative alternative monitoring technique, they called it the Return on Withholding Capacity Index, and it measures the firm's incentive of withholding capacity. With regard to the Return on Withholding Capacity Index, I will not go into more detail for the purposes of the present podcast, but like the Residual Supply Index, the Return on Capacity on Withholding Capacity Index, as acknowledged by the authors themselves, is also subject to some limitations. <clears throat> Both capacity withholding practices are captured under Article 102 of the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union, which prohibits any abuse of a dominant position, as exploitative abuses, whereby a dominant undertaking exercises market power to directly harm consumers. Proving these practices is very difficult. It is a complex and demanding task. There might be alternative explanations for withdrawing capacity from the market, such as equipment failure or the provision of control or reserve energy. This information must be incorporated in the analysis, which requires the collection of a wide breadth of data and the development of an evaluation algorithm. Likewise, there might be legitimate reasons for generators to offer electricity from their plants at price levels other than short-run marginal cost. More specifically, there are cases in which power plants shall be allowed to price at a higher level than their marginal costs so as to get some contribution to their fixed costs. The first research question I answer is whether an increased state of transparency is provided for in the remit and the regulation 543 of 2013 could facilitate the efficient functioning of electricity wholesale markets and the investigation of capacity withdrawal practices. Remedies the regulation on wholesale energy market integrity and transparency, 
which was enacted in 2011. The regulation applies to trading in wholesale energy products. It facilitates transparency by providing for the reporting of information for the purpose of monitoring trading in wholesale energy markets. The Agency on the Cooperation of Energy Regulation and the national regulatory authorities shall, mo shall monitor the market to detect possible breaches of the regulation. According to the remit, market participants shall provide the, the Agency on the Cooperation of Energy Regulation and the national regulatory authorities with transactional and fundamental data. Transactional data concern information relating to individual transactions, such as the identification of the wholesale products traded, the agreed price and quantity, the execution time, the involved parties and the beneficiaries of the transaction. In addition to transactional data, the Agency on the Cooperation of Energy Regulators and the National Regulatory Authorities need access to fundamental data on supply and demand in order to be able to monitor trading in wholesale energy markets. This data is fundamental in the sense that it refers to fundamental elements of the physical market, such as the capacity and use of facilities for production, consumption and transmission of electricity and natural gas, including plant and unplanned availability of these facilities. The communication of fundamental and transactional data to the Agency on the Cooperation of Energy Regulators and the National Regulatory Authorities according to the remit will benefit the electricity markets. It will facilitate the investigation and detection of capacity withdrawal practices as competent authorities will have regular and timely access to all the data necessary to effectively monitor the market. It will therefore be possible to better assess whether the restrictions on the produced capacity could indeed be attributed to technical restrictions or the provision of control or reserve energy as claimed by the generators or whether they conceal abusive capacity withdrawals. In electricity markets, in addition to the remit, the Regulation 543 of 2013 on submission and publication of data in electricity markets was adopted in order to remedy the lack of available, timely and complete sets of data relating to supply and demand fundamentals. With the regulation on submission and publication of data in electricity markets, it becomes mandatory for each transmission system operator to submit information not only on transmission, but also relating to generation, consumption, load and electricity balancing. All data is published on a central information transparency platform run by the European Network of Trans Transmission System Operators for Electricity, which is available on the Internet. I come to the conclusion that the Regulation 543 of 2013 on fundamental electricity data, which provides for transparency towards the market, goes too far with regard to its transparency requirements in relation to generation. While the publication of fundamental electricity data on a central information transparency platform supports competition, enhances the reliability of the price formation process and facilitates market integration, the principle of secret competition should be respected. According to the regulation, Electricity generators are obliged to publish hourly information on a unit-by-unit -unit level on planned and unplanned availabilities one hour after the operational period, as well as hourly information 
on a unit-by-unit unit level on the actual generation output of generation units five days after the operational period. This obligation is not justified by the need of generators to take rational, short and longer-term decisions and have fair and non-discriminatory access to data. The publication of aggregated information would suffice to support the efficient functioning of electricity wholesale markets. Detailed real-time information on generation units should only be provided to the competent authorities for market surveillance and to transmission system operators for system operation purposes as provided for by the remit. Even if disaggregated data would improve price forecasting, which is not necessarily the case, the publication of information on plant and unplanned availabilities and the actual generation, generation output on a generation unit basis may undermine market performance, in addition to leading to undesirable information overload and creating information distortion incentives it enhances the risk for capacity withdrawal practices, both in a physical and economic sense. The ability for electricity generators to know their competitors' actual generation output and the planned and unplanned outages of their generation units enhances the risk of coordinated and unilateral anti-competitive behavior. The risk of collusion is all the more serious in electricity markets, which are oligopolistic or have a tendency towards oligopoly. Disclosure of the contested information on a unit-by-unit -unit basis may be less problematic in markets characterized by the presence of a single dominant company, usually the former legal monopolist, where the cost of transparency associated with the risk of collusion is very low. Taking the specificities of national or supranational electricity wholesale markets into account, Regulation 543 of 2013 on electricity data transparency should be much less radical in setting the uniform transparency requirements for electricity markets in Europe. Uniform standards should meet the minimum transparency obligations which fit all markets. Individual electricity markets could, could go beyond the mandatory uniform standards if allowed by the structural and other market characteristics. Therefore, the contested provisions on the publication of plant and unplanned unavailabilities and the actual generation output of generation units should have provided for the publication of this information only aggregated per bidding area or per, per, per generation type. Disaggregated data could be provided in those markets where market conditions allow for it and at a time when competitive concerns are sufficiently alleviated. The second research question revolves around the effect of the prohibition of market manipulation as prescribed in the remit in dealing with abusive capacity withdrawals in the electricity wholesale market. Capacity withdrawal practices in electricity wholesale markets can be dealt with under the remit and the prohibition of market manipulation. The remit explicitly states that it is without prejudice to the application of competition law to the practices covered by it. Thus, both competition law and the remit could be used to proceed against withholding generators. Proceeding under the remit, however, is not bound by the competition law requirements to define the relevant market and prove the existence of a dominant position.
Defining the market and establishing, establishing dominance, however, may induce having recourse to the remit to deal with capacity withdrawal practices. As regards market definition, the challenge, as I said before, is the definition of the relevant geographic market. In the pursuit of market integration, however, the implementation of market cabling mechanisms and the strengthening of interconnections between adjacent markets increases market integration. Since there are no uniform, clearly defined and generally accepted rules on when markets are sufficiently interconnected so as to be considered as constituting a single relevant geographic market, there might be uncertainties and disagreements among national competition authorities on the geographic de delineation of the market. Even when markets are considered as constituting a single relevant geographic market for competition law purposes, expansion of the geographic market to include neighboring countries would increase the resources and time required to investigate the market. This might be a significant burden on national competition authorities. Establishing market dominance may also be problematic. In electricity wholesale markets, market power might not be constant but might occur only during some hours of the day. The intermittent nature of market power in electricity wholesale markets differs from the traditional notion of dominance as a constant and stable position of power. Electricity-specific indicators, like the residual supply index, take the intermittent nature of market power into account by measuring the indispensability of a specific generator relative to the load in every particular hour. Even though national competition authorities may be willing to use electricity-specific indicators to measure market power, courts may not accept a finding of dominance, especially if it is solely based on electricity-specific indicators and is not supported by a large market share. Generators with relatively small market shares might nonetheless possess substantial market power by being pivotal, especially at peak times. In fact, more than one generator in electricity wholesale markets may have market power, enabling them to engage in capacity withholding so as to raise prices. Because of the centralized price setting for wholesale electricity and the price inelasticity of demand, the exercise of market power may significantly harm the market. Persisting with the application of competition law and embracing a notion of parallel individual dominance by more than one undertaking, as the German Competition Authority did, in order to proceed against individual undertakings under Article 102 of the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union, is not a legitimate solution. Other than individual and collective dominance, a notion of parallel individual dominance of more than one undertakings is foreign to the competition law system. The remit is also beneficial from the perspective of remedies. Remedies imposed for violation of the regulation could vary depending on the national provisions from monetary fines to competition-law-like structural and behavioral remedies against the undertaking to prohibition of professional activity or monetary fines and even prison sentences against individuals engaged in market abuse. The enforcement practice of the Commission in the energy sector shows that structural measures, particularly asset divestitures, are very prominent. In addition to supporting the market liberalization policy of the Commission, structural measures may also be motivated by the fact 
that it might be difficult for Cambodian authorities to impose and monitor compliance with behavioral remedies. An overzealous imposition of structural remedies, however, could harm the electricity wholesale markets. In this respect, the remedy and the involvement of national regulatory authorities could signal a shift towards insightful, more carefully designed, and also behavioral remedies tailored to the abuse under review. National regulatory authorities could either take the lead and investigate and proceed against capacity withholding practices under the remit, or cooperate with national competition authorities for the purpose of monitoring compliance with imposed remedies. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I hope that I was able to give a good overview of the book and to motivate some researchers and academics to get more information and delve into the details of the topic by reading the book.